welcome to the very first episode of Youth Fusion Peace Out. Peace Out is a new series in the Youth Fusion podcast family created in collaboration with hashtag Youth for Disarmament, a youth-focused initiative of the United Nations Office for Disarmament Affairs as part of the Leaders for Tomorrow program. My name is Vanda and I'll be your podcast host. My journey through the field of nuclear disarmament has definitely had its ups and downs, and I have to acknowledge that I would not be where I am today without the immense support of the amazing individuals in the movement. Therefore, for the very first episode, I invited two incredibly smart, kind, hardworking, and supportive women I've had the pleasure of working with in the past couple of years, Igorim Setanova and Michaela Higgins Sorensen. Ladies and all listeners, welcome to Peace Out. You guys, I'm so glad you both are here. We've talked about doing this forever. So I'm, I'm really glad and honored that we finally um, found time in our schedules to, to get together um, and do some light recording. Um, well, I think for our listeners, just a little round of introductions would be, would be maybe nice. Michaela, would you like to um, introduce yourself? In, in yes, and it's, thank you so much, Fun, and it's so lovely to see you ladies here. Uh, so thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'm Michaela Higgins-Sorensen and I'm based in Copenhagen uh, and I started my sort of nuclear disarmament journey uh, with PNND uh, back in 2020 and from then on I joined Youth Fusion and over time I really loved it so I stuck around and now I'm a core member and very proud to be uh, and I've loved working with you ladies just to mention. Um, and also a bit of my academic background, I studied international relations and development with a particular focus on global gender studies. Uh, so gender, peace and security is uh, at the heart of a lot of my work. But of course, an overall sort of nuclear disarmament uh, focus is, is what I really want to want to do. That's why I'm also working on various projects with DocMind and then nuclear stories and, and a bunch of other things. So, yes, that is me. Well, thank you again for being here. Um, I agree there's quite some overlap, right? Because you've also focused on gender studies and international law, right? Yeah. Thank you so much, Wanda, uh, for inviting me. It's such an honor to be here. Also with Michaela, <laughs> when you invited, I was like, oh, this is just perfect to, for three of us to talk about not only us, but the struggles that we have. Uh, a little bit about myself. My name is Agirim Sitenova. I'm from Kazakhstan. I'm based currently in Astana, but I was born in Simei, which is a former um, nuclear test site that was during Soviet Union. I, my, regarding my academic background, I studied international human rights law and also with more particular focus on civil society, human rights education. And throughout my life, I mostly worked, my career, I mostly worked in human rights at a local, more at a local basis. But then it happened so uh, in 2021 that I got to know about Youth Fusion. And since then I started to be active, but it was like little, little small steps towards me being more active, starting from just speaking at Youth Fusion events, for example, and PNND events. And then after that, joining for the internship and doing a project. That was such an exciting uh, moment for me. And I'm still, um, 
I'm, I'm not a, in a core <laughs> team, but I think that there will be time. I'll probably join News Fusion again, and I hope so, but we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a little bit about um, me. And <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you guys can't really in the podcast you couldn't see it but the second Aguirre said that she's hoping we're planning on rejoining New Fusion Michaela and my face just lit up is it something we would absolutely love to, to happen at some point I, ho I hope so I hope you will be happy <laughs> well let's make let's make it happen no but it's it's funny because we all met through New Fusion um and yes, now we're sort yeah. of doing our own our own little and big things um but the youth fusion sort of the you know the core that's that keeps us all together in one way or another um i would love to hear about well why nuclear disarmament in the first place like when you found out about youth fusion or when you found about your internship or stuff but why did you think nuclear disarmament was an attractive field? Igarim, would you like to start? Yeah, well, I mentioned that I was born near former nuclear test site. It has been always back in my mind, you know, being a person from the town that was um, uh, impacted by nuclear testing. And it's just been always something like inside of me. It kind of impacted my career choice, my education choices as well because I really wanted to do international law because I was thinking about injustices in the world and why it happened so in Kazakhstan but I didn't really do anything in nuclear disarmament until um, my friend Marjan who's also co-founder in the core team at Fuse Fusion she joined the nuclear disarmament movement and then she kept telling me about it and I wasn't really interested in that to be honest I was like yeah well I was born there but yeah, well, I have another things to do, right? But then in 2018, there was a conference I attended. It was really kind of big conference. And I saw how a lot of money were spent on this conference uh, in Astana. It was in Kazakhstan. And then after that, I was like, no, I don't think I work in human rights and civil society in Kazakhstan. So I'll just keep doing that. And then when I was in the UK, I think that mm, it's just it was something that came to me naturally thinking, well, I do human rights. I do a lot of things from gender perspectives. I do a lot of things from decolonial perspectives. And, you know, nuclear disarmament kind of sums it up for me. It makes it perfect. And I love people, uh, civil society. I love people. I want to work in this field and meeting you girls and meeting a lot of other people inspired me to stay in, in the field and to be here, not only through, you know, my story, like to not victimize Kazakh people and who went through that or us and myself, but also to think it through another lens, through power and um, empowerment mostly. Well, thank you, Marjan, if you're listening, for introducing Igor <laughs> to the field. We're so glad that she's here with us. <laughs> um, but over to over to Michaela, because Denmark doesn't, to my knowledge, have a nuclear past. So how what what what's your story, Michaela? <laughs> uh, it's kind of like a very like, I guess, faithful story, because back in 2020, as you know, we were like, yeah, in the sort of very beginning phases of the pandemic and the lockdown. 
and I was in my master's degree and part of my master's degree uh, was to have an internship preferably abroad because I was in international studies and the alternative um, to to sort of you know that internship was staying at home and doing the sort of stay in study abroad uh, and I was very dead set against that because I just I wanted to get out there so I really took my um my searching skills uh at large <laughs> and I came across because of course I wanted to do something with gender and I just googled like gender and security and then PNND came up and so I phoned up uh, Alan Wall uh you guys all know him and uh, I just sort of you know asked him about the opportunities and what the gender peace and security program was about and he was like oh yeah can, when can you start can you start next week and I was like oh my gosh like wow that's crazy you know that he like he was so <laughs> willing to, to take me on and also just for some context it was in Prague in the Czech Republic which at that point in September um was not really that impacted at that point by the by the uh, COVID-19 um uh yeah the pandemic so and it also was not in a lockdown so I thought well you know let me just go and do it uh let me go and get out there. Uh, we were I not none of us really knew at that point what the pandemic uh, was going to be looking like, <laughs> but that's how I got into it. Um, and I just stuck around after I had finished up my internship. Um, not we have the internet, so we could always do like webinars online and everything because of yeah, COVID was online anyway. So that was pretty lucky that I I got to be involved in in that way, just like everybody else. Um, and then I also ended up doing my my research on it uh, and connecting it to gender. And I think the reason why I stayed was really because after some time, you just realize how, as Ajreem was also pointing at how intersectional nuclear disarmament is. Like, if you have, you know, a background in gender or, as Ajreem was saying, you know, decolonization uh, perspective or even the environment or anything like that, you can really apply it and use your skills and knowledge uh, to use it in the nuclear disarmament field. That's why I always say everyone is is really welcome and relevant here. Um, so that's why. My favorite questions that actually someone's asked me um, recently was, were there any surprises on the way? And I sort of, I thought about it for a second and then I didn't know where to start because I feel like every day I'm having a little or a heart attack and a little, a little surprise. But turning the question to you, um, Igreen, were there any surprises along the way? It's such a tough question. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I think that me personally, coming from the background to work more on a local basis with, you know, human rights organizations, civil society in Kazakhstan, and then kind of delving a little bit into more global politics. It's, it's such an interesting shift for me, to be honest. It's also, I, okay, I'm being honest right now, and I hope that listeners will not hate me, but I do have love and hate relationship with um, nuclear disarmament, and in general, everything that is related to that. On the one hand, we talk a lot, right, about nuclear disarmament. We want to achieve a lot of things. We want a seat on the table and everything like that. But on the other hand, there are so many challenges for us. The field, and I haven't been really that active, right? I haven't, because of the pandemic, obviously everything mostly was like online, which is also uh, was a bit challenging for me. But at the same time, you see how the field is really elitist or there are 
that there are opportunities. You see a lot of opportunities, but at the same time, you always question, okay, is this opportunity for me? Can I do that? Um, as a woman, you also think, okay, or as a woman with no Yale education, or <laughs> I don't know, any uh, Ivy League education, you always question yourself because the field always presents itself that those people in power who have been in the field for so long, they were and deserve that, but you don't. And it's just, I, I don't even know how to describe everything I feel all the time because there are so many surprises on the way. You think that, yes, I'll do that. That's cool. But then you're always a little bit feeling a bit down at the same time. But what I also like is that I think that and also, this is a bit of a problem as well, that I'm here now in this field and I can change, right? I can change and go to do what I did before or change the, the field as well. But as long as I think about it, as long as I'm like, no, I don't want to do nuclear disarmament anymore, but I still want to stay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a circle of me, my thoughts. And yeah, that's, that's how I feel. And it just changes all the time. And with Russia and the war in Ukraine, it has been hard in, in many terms. And there are so many conversations started, right, since last uh, year's February about um, a risk of nuclear war. And then I was like, okay, I can't really leave because I just, I just gave my heart to this. And because of really, because people like you, I really want to stay. And it will be so sad if we want. So that's, that's what I feel. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a little field that doesn't really let you go, even though we sometimes really want it to. <laughs> no, but I also think in our little capitalist world, there is a constant need or, or push to like measure, measure your success and measure your achievements. It can be really discouraging to sort of, you know, stay, stay positive because it's a little depressing sometimes. I, I won't. I won't be I won't be depressing y'all. Michaela, what about your surprises? What is your take on this? Pretty yeah, I answer. <laughs> there are like quite a few and like I know that we've all been first of all I'd like to thank both of you for being such a support like and also we've supported each other a lot like I mean the amount of voice notes we have sort of consoling each other like when we didn't get that internship or job or like when something we really want you know is unpaid or whatever like we've really been such a good support. And I think just to put it out there to the listeners, uh, really use your, your network to, to get some support. So thank you, ladies. I know you've been a huge support to me. Um, but yeah, but there have been like, I, I guess a lot of things, but the, the two things that really sort of stick out to me, um, number one is just sort of, you know, you think you're in this humanitarian field in the NGO space and we're all do-gooders and, you know, but and that's like true in a sense, but when you kind of bring it to like the internal workings to some organizations, I mean, I don't I think it's hardly a secret that even in the disarmament world, there are kind of these like, you know, very divided uh, I guess, organizations and there's a bit of animosity between some of them. Um, and it gets quite vicious, I think. Um, and I think that that was a huge surprise to me. We're all supposed to be working together. I don't think that there is space in such a small community for that kind of, um, yeah, for that kind of dynamic to play out. And that was a huge shock to me because I, and I understand, you know, like funding is very scarce and there's a lot of high competition at stake, but, you know, 
that's why we have partnerships. We should all support each other. We all have the same end goal. We might have a few different roads to get there um, and a few different methods, but like every voice that is, you know, striving for disarmament and arms control is, is very useful. Um, but yeah, it was just a very big surprise to me that we're not as uh, friendly and united across the board. Uh, and then second is also just how hard it is to get a paid job and to actually feel valued in this work. Oh my goodness, we do this and people like always think because, of, you know, we get funded to go to conferences around the world and it looks so cool. And from the outside, all my friends are like, wow, Michaela, you're like a real jet setter. You've made it in life. And I'm like, I don't get paid. I do not get paid. I mean, I think I got my first paid part-time thing only like a few months ago after like nearly three years in this um that was a huge shocker because I was like I got my master's I got my like multiple years of working experiences my languages behind me but nope it's it's not yeah. enough um it's quite heartbreaking actually it's emotionally draining um so yeah I know that we all are on the same page about this but yeah I hope that you know out there to the audience you guys know that you're not alone in, in this struggle as well I'm so glad that you've mentioned this and this is actually part of the whole reason why I decided to go ahead with this podcast in a series in the first place because I really wanted to show that yes it's an exciting field and yes we have a good time and I do think that we're making a great impact and I do think that we're getting things done but it's it is a lot of hard work and it can get very draining and very stressful and especially for for young professionals and for women especially, it can be extremely draining and full of obstacles. Um, I agree. You come from Kazakhstan, a leading country in the in the nuclear disarmament space. Do you think it, it's made that easier for you in the field? Or are there any obstacles that you're still facing, facing maybe because of your origin? It's a very interesting question. So obviously, Kazakhstan has been pretty big in the nuclear disarmament um, field. But I myself personally, coming from human rights side of, you know, um, my career and academic background, and I've been working in human rights in Kazakhstan, which is a little making it a little bit harder for me to, in terms of, for example, if anything nuclear um, disarmament happens from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and I'm not really inside of this, you know, circle, from people because I've been working on the opposite side, which is, I, I hate to say that, but that's true. Mm-hmm. So at, at the same time, when people hear that I'm from Kazakhstan as an in, independent activist, it's kind of easier, I guess. But at the same time, there are so many opportunities that I might have used, but I can't because I do not work at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And there are people there, young people who, don't have any idea what nuclear disarmament right is, but they're still working or they can use that with other um, countries' representatives or any other organizations or like the UN and everything. So for me, that made it a little bit harder, I guess. People from the circles, they do not really um, think that you know, not I'm worth it, but okay, so she's she's a human rights person, you know, it's not like she's a diplomat. So that 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 makes it a bit harder for me, I guess, because every time they ask me and usually say, oh, well, yeah, I work in this. And obviously, I cannot say that when I talk about nuclear, I always talk about the human rights gender and the colonial perspective. 
with the linkage to the Soviet Union and now current Russia, right? So it, it's made it harder. But I also want to chip in a little bit what Michaela said. That's one of the really big struggles, to be honest. I think that the amount of rejections I had, and it's not even rejections per se, right? So the internship or to any other opportunity, job opportunity, but it's also before applying to anything, I myself having a pass Kazakhstan passport, I just say, oh, I can't apply because I can't be sponsored or I can't apply to some of the conferences because I know that the visa process for me will be so tough. Visa processes has been just an absolute discouraging thing for me recently. And now, unfortunately, uh, European Union kind of made some little restrictions again to my country, so to the visa processes. Um, so that's not making it better for me in terms of, you know, applying to something, applying to even conferences, which is just a tiny thing, right? But it's very discouraging. It's very draining. It's such a humiliating process, to be honest. So you see the opportunity, you're like, oh, wow, I'm so, this is so exciting. Yeah, I can do that. I can go. But then you're, oh, no, no, no. Wait a minute. You have to think about your blue passport that you have. Kazakhstan passport because you can't really do that or you can do that but you will go through so many stages of humiliation while applying to things and I know I'm not the only one I know the people who are listening right now there's so many of us who are struggling and I know this pain I know the struggle and I'm not happy about it but at this very moment I know that I can't do anything about it but organization can they can do conferences or they can do something else in a in a more accessible way right sponsoring visas a little bit more having people more coming to boot camps or any camps that they are doing because i keep seeing a lot of opportunities but i can't go to some of them because of my visa and because i'm coming from kazakhstan thank you both for for taking the space and being so so honest i think it's really something that I personally have been missing in the field to be able to openly talk about these little struggles. And we all come from different backgrounds and different locations with different restrictions. So I think really thank you for, for, for sharing with us. It's been, it's been very touching. And also on behalf of all the men and womankind, I'm so happy that you both stayed in this field despite all these obstacles that you, you've talked about. And you have been active for quite some time and you both are extremely accomplished in this um, field. I know that you both are working on some really awesome projects. Would you maybe like to give us a little taste of what you're currently working on, Michaela? Yes, well, I'm, I'm always feeling like I'm working on a million different projects. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think right now the, the big one on my plate, um, Vanda, you're my, my colleague at, uh, at DocMine, and we're, we're working on this... Uh, web documentary it's sort of this like um trans uh, media web documentary uh, and documentary and 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 there's so many things we also want to have these <laughs> ongoing live events and webinars to kind of keep the the nuclear stories as it's called uh ongoing so that's uh youth fusions also supporting that in a in a partnership as well so we're very very uh excited to be launching that actually this month um, so that's something that we've been working on for for quite a quite a, a long time now. Nearly, it's been like building up like a year and a half now already from the initial phases. So that's really, really cool. And uh, of course, at Youth Fusion, 
we have a, a couple new interns as well. So I've been sort of, a, you know, really giving them a, a nice safe space to uh, to grow and, and flourish in the field because I'm very passionate about, you know, being a sort of mentor to, to bring people in the field because uh, it's sometimes very, very difficult for people to find their footing. So I think what Youth Fusion is very good at is also really providing our interns with a a safe space to to really flourish and 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 get their their voice out there on the field and use youth fusion as a platform um and other than that yeah i think that's uh there's there's a lot of other things going on <laughs> but i can't really there's always these small things that are that i'm doing constantly um but yeah that's uh that's that's pretty much what i'm mainly focusing on right now in the disarmament field of course <laughs> thanks for sharing i'm so excited about nuclear stories i think it's it's going to launch maybe a day before we publish this episode so i hope it all i'll click and we'll be able to like link it with the podcast and things <laughs> i agree what are you up to uh, thank you so much that's exciting i'm excited about uh, nuclear stories launching and i will be definitely sharing in my social media well i was also gonna say you'll you'll be getting an email from me about nuclear stories oh, okay very, very soon <laughs> okay so i'm i'm looking forward to that but in terms of in terms of my plans i've been working also for almost a year on a project it's a very personal project like very um very sensitive for me i guess it's a project, it's a multimedia project, and um, it's just still processing and I'm still doing it. It's on nuclear testing impact in Kazakhstan through my story. It's also a multimedia proje project that shows um, how Kazakh people were impacted, but also it's, um, and I was working on my documentary and it will not be published or released very soon because I'm still working on it. It has, I think it will be, it's, it's, it's a very important project for me, so I'm taking it very slowly. And um, International Forum for Understanding have has been supporting me in this um, project as well. At the same time, I'm I was I'm just applying for jobs, but I think that at this very moment, I'm thinking about different perspectives and, and angles how to stay in the field to not be burned out because oh boy, this field is very. Um, can make you burn out really quickly, especially because you do not have money, <laughs> you don't have paid jobs. So that's the thing that Michaela mentioned before, right? Um, and I'm figuring it out. Yeah, no, you're right. Mental health is such a huge part of all of this. So I'm glad that you're 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 taking care of that. But also at Youth Fusion, I think we're also always saying, you know, quality over quantity, and big projects do take time. And, and, and resources so I'm absolutely on board with the whole idea of you know doing things properly taking the time making sure that it can be beneficial that I'll benefit from the project that it'll it'll be it'll be healthy <laughs> for, for everyone involved but that actually brings me to um one of the final questions of of um today's episode and that's about the support that you've been or we've been getting um, throughout um, our different projects in the past. But uh, so, is there any any kind or form of support that you maybe wish you got a bit earlier, or that you wish you would still still get? Um, and this 
I mean, this question, I'm asking it mainly because if there's someone in the audience who's maybe wondering how to better help all the young people involved in the nuclear disarmament space, this would be this would be the answer. Um, I agree. Um, is, is there any kind of support that you were still hoping to receive? Yeah, first of all, thank you both for support that I have been getting since I met you both, really honestly. Thank you very much for that, because without that, I don't think that I would have stayed or I would have gotten so far. Second of all, I, th I think that since the moment that I decided with Marjan, especially, and with other women, okay, so this is a really important point. Throughout my journey, I have been supported by women in this field, mostly. There are maybe two men, but there are other dozens of women who have been supporting me and that was amazing and i really that's just one of the really great things that happened to me what i think that i'm missing is that i would really love people who hold any power at the different organizations at the un agencies to not brag that okay so we pay a little bit to our interns you know we we do have some living stipend, which can be a thousand dollars in, in a really big expensive city. But I would really love those people who know us, who've seen us, to advocate a little bit more for the conditions to be better. Because I'm sorry, not a lot of people can, as Mikael already said, not a lot of people can do that, unfortunately. And they do have the power to do so. But also for future interns, for, people younger than us that they will not be able also to apply because it's just a vicious circle so i really mm -hmm. hope that this support from giving us money for what we do and we do a lot mm -hmm. not only at the agencies that are big but also in other organizations to give to not say oh yes we pay money and we're so proud of that but actually pay a good amount of money for people to not just you know buy a weekly supply of food but also to live a little bit better because we we organized a couple of conferences and we were looking for sponsors obviously and there are so many organizations or sponsors or donors who are willing to sponsor you know catering or translators or space venue but no one was happy to sponsor the actual labor of the people who worked on the conference and that in my brain, being new to the field and being new to the whole peacemaking and NGO world was so absolutely, well, heartbreaking. Exactly. It, it basically gives you the message that your work and your skills and your knowledge is not valued. And I think that's so fundamentally just wrong and flawed and, and absolutely petrifying for anyone in this field. Exactly. Um, and the yeah. last thing that I want to say, it might sound for people who are listening that it might sound harsh, but I don't think that it's harsh. It's harsh when you don't pay money for people. Yeah. And also, I think that what is really, that's, I will end with that. To respect mental health struggles of people, that is also very important. To treat people with kindness. I'm not saying that there is no support in that, but to keep doing that. To keep, you know, having solidarity, partnership, as Michaela said before. To keep doing that, because the field is really hard. It is really depressing. It can go, it, it can be like that. So I, I really hope that the support will not end with inviting young people to talk somewhere, inviting key women to talk somewhere, but also to keep in mind why it's important and how we 
need to kind of keep it very alive and very kind and very empowering at the same time i'm gonna put that on a t-shirt make it live and kind and empowering <laughs> that's beautiful <laughs> I was making it like yesterday or i don't know when but she was messaging me just like empowering messages like i'm gonna print this out and put this on the fridge so this, <laughs> this is gonna go there with it <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea <laughs> um Michaela, any any support that you wish you you received or that you're still yeah. looking for yeah well I must say like I did feel very supported um you know entering this field because I had lovely lovely ladies like you and of course like you know at PNND like Alan you know he he was you know like it's nice being in a small NGO like PNND to start out with because you're just in these smaller spaces and NGOs is less bureaucracy you have more you know elbow room to sort of you know wiggle about and uh, I always felt very supported in my in my projects um but I think same in the same vein as as Azurim I think uh when it does come down to it I know that you know people often in this field like I've been kind of gaslit sometimes where they've been like oh but you're doing this for like the greater good and I'm like I'm still a human being. I'm only one person. I only have so many hours in the day. I also have to eat. I have to pay my rent. You know, I also want to be able to like put some savings in my account. We're in a very unpredictable time right now. You never know what's going to happen. Like, I don't want to put myself in a precarious situation financially. And, you know, people really don't see you as a human in this field sometimes. And that is not support. Like, that is actually, you know, they're not seeing you as a human with needs. And another thing to put as a layer on top of that, it's also preventing diversity. The UN stands for diversity. But when you only allow people with a financial means who maybe have wealthy parents or are eligible for a loan, which many of us are not, I know I'm not uh, at this point, <laughs> um, you know, you, you really limit the pool and you just continue the cycle of having, you know, wealthy people who maybe, you know, haven't, don't have the right background or experience to really intimately know this field, you know, like, for example, having people from the places where the, the nuclear testing was done, those are the people that should be having these internships, you know, like, like Agurim, for example, you know, like we really, we need to see people from these backgrounds in those positions and they're the ones that are most prevented uh in doing so so mm -hmm. you know and it you do feel used and i know it sounds really harsh and i know this field isn't well funded um and i even know senior people who aren't funded uh, and just do this but you know we literally i would love to do this all day every day but i really can't do it Um, no, so th this episode is devoted to all the unpaid interns globally. We we see you, we hear you, we're with you. We should um, brand our angry slogans on t-shirts and sell them. Merch, youth fusion merch. <laughs> this is oh, that's a that's a good idea, and we actually, can go to the, con to the conferences for that. Why not? <laughs> sell like passive aggressive stickers, magnets. <laughs> <laughs> and charge and charging them really exactly yeah. it's like extra extra if you're not paid us in the past 
<laughs> well, looking at the time, we're slowly coming, unfortunately, to the end of today's episode. And I would just love to hear your final words of wisdom. Um, any any messages of support to our listeners, whether they're paid or unpaid interns, or whether they're heads of offices at, at big institutions. Um, Ikarim, is there is there something you would love to let everyone know? Yeah. Well, my words of wisdom do not come to this field. I'm joking. Okay. No. <laughs> do that <laughs> No, no, no. That's a joke. This is going to get deleted. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I think what is really important is that there are so many things that can impede your way and you can lose the track of why it is important to be in this field with so many obstacles. Today we listed many of them and they're important obstacles that are challenging for us and have been impacting our lives, our mental health and our financial situation. It is really important to to know the focus why, also why you're here. It's not only how you're doing this, what you're doing, but also why you're doing this. And it's really important. And to remember that in times when you feel discouraged, there's so, so many people out there who have the same struggles as us who you can reach out to any of us and we can reach out to each other to support and to show solidarity and to just listen. You know, sometimes you just want to, 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 to talk a lot about different things and to, you want to be heard and that it's trivial. It sounds so trivial, but that's true. And with today episode, I think that we said the things that we really wanted to say that we're, we got it out of our chests and we, we said that, and that was therapeutical, at least for me. I hope for you as well, ladies. And that is very important. That's that's why I'm not leaving this field, because of people like you, both of you, and there are so many others, because of this solidarity partnership, because of understanding of the struggles and why the issues that we are tackling so important and they're important not on an only daily basis right they're so important for i'm sorry but for the humanity so we don't need to forget that and i hope that we will not i hope we will stay and i hope that anyone um will get the opportunities that we want to and we worth so much so much money that we for our skills for our knowledge and for just being us you know we're so cool and that's true yeah, I, I really have to echo uh, Agadim because I, I do think support is so much. So if I can just, you know, <clears throat> tell anyone anything, like ask for help when you need it, um, you'll be surprised. I mean, even though I've like really painted this very like, you know, certain picture of the disabled field, but no, it's there are some really lovely, nice, supportive people in here in this field. Um, mo- I think most of them are, to be honest. Uh, I've been really embraced and and supported I feel very supported um by my my colleagues and I think if you can just ask for that support uh do it and also in turn support other people you know like give support and and take support uh because I really think that that is that is so important um and put your mental health first um you know there is no need to do that that you an internship if it's going to bankrupt you or like stress you out like you you can always find other ways like be creative in this field um 
there are usual skills like you can you can really do so much um so yeah I think that would that would really be my 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 like parting words of, of wisdom is just like really focusing on this on this support because you never know uh what's around the corner you might have a friend who has an opportunity for you or in your network or so yeah just really work on that uh, that support <laughs> thank you um I recently saw a quote on Pinterest or somewhere um, which is saying that empathy and kindness are actual superpowers and it was done super cheesy um, but it sort of stuck with me and it actually made me think of both of you uh, when I saw it you know two um, young women professionals who are really tirelessly working and volunteering to make this place safer and kinder and who are always here to support those who need it so I just wanted to thank you for for all you do it's been an absolute pleasure having you two with me today. Well, I hope to talk to you soon. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Vanda. Thank you, Agarim. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>